Welcome back to Upon This Rock. My name is Max Thomas, and thank you so much for coming back for season two. After a few months off of family stuff and travel, and actually got COVID, and uh, we're we're back ready to get at it with what I think is going to be a really, really, really exciting season. Honestly, I can't wait uh, to do this. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to walk through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah together. And um, my my purpose in this, I explained it a little bit in the the trailer, but just a little bit of intro here to the season. Uh, I, I really want to help people study the Bible better. One of the things, there are two things that I, when I was uh, pastoring back in the States, uh, that and, and even now as I'm overseas, there are two things that I heard all of the time. Uh, one was, I want someone to help me to pray better, and I want someone to help me read the Bible better. Most people that I met did not really want someone just to tell them what the Bible says. They wanted someone to teach them how to actually read it because they wanted to engage with it themselves. And for whatever reason, a lot of people that I came across felt like they hadn't ever had someone to show them how to do that. And, you know, I've taught through that a whole bunch of times over the years. And obviously now living overseas and having this podcast, I thought, what a great way maybe that I can uh, help people do that. And instead of just kind of teaching some of the skills and and whatever, I thought it'd be good to take uh, a book and actually walk through a book together. And so that brings us to Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, Back in the the late summer, I was asked by a a Bible school to come and teach for a week, give a week of lectures on the post-exilic prophets. And so I'd started my reading and my studying and my writing and uh, about a week or so before I was supposed to leave uh, and fly out, uh, I got COVID. My, our whole family got COVID. And we all we got, got through it fine. It was not a fun week. But uh, newsflash, 2021, 2022, whenever you're listening to this, uh, you can't fly with COVID. You can't go anywhere when you have COVID. Like, you know, uh, of all the craziness in our world and confusion, we've all kind of figured that out. Like if it's positive, you can't go. And, um, and so I had, I had all this work put into it. And I didn't really want to just throw it away and so I, and kind of, you know, discard it. And so I thought I'd turn uh, that study material that I had started, uh, pick one book. I picked Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, they're really one literary unit. And uh, to, to put them together and walk through them together. And so that's what we're going to do, season two, with the hope of not just telling you what Ezra and Nehemiah says, uh, but helping you gain some skills on how to maybe recognize patterns and structure, keywords, um, literary design, echoes from other books and cross-references and referencing and all of that kind of stuff. We're going to walk through all of that, but instead of just telling you how to do it, we're actually just going to do it together. And so to take things a step further, what I've done is I've spent the last few months uh, writing what's essentially a short commentary or a short book on Ezra and Nehemiah. It's about 70 pages, and you'll find that uh, resource in its totality in the uh, description of each and every episode. You'll just be able to click it. It'll link you to a PDF, and you can download it on your phone, computer, um, send it around, do whatever you want. 
And so every episode as we're walking through Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, you can pull up the notes and you can we can go through all of it together. And there will be things on there that we don't cover uh, in the podcast, and there will be things in the podcast that maybe aren't on there. And so they'll make a great uh, pair together. So you can go ahead and do that now and download those now. And then uh, the last thing I'll say, and then uh, we'll kind of kick things off here, is uh, one of the things that I I really have hoped to do throughout this podcast, and I want to try and take to the next level here in season two, is I believe, uh, because I think it fits into the goal here, is um, I think if the goal is to become better readers of Scripture, the best way to do that is actually to read in communities, to read with other people, uh, to read as the church. And so uh, also in uh, every description uh, box here of every episode uh, will be a link for you to get in contact with me, whether that's via email or you can actually leave like a digital voicemail. And if you are uh, have questions on something that we've that was talked about, something that was missed, uh, you want to elaborate on something that we talked about in the podcast, go ahead and shoot me a message, whether that's email or audio, and uh, I'll bring those in as they come in. I'll incorporate those as best that I can into future episodes, and so your questions will get answered, insights will get brought up, and we'll try and make this a a long-distance podcast Bible study together. And so uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And so on the other side of the break here, uh, we will begin our study of Ezra and Nehemiah. All right, so with that, let's dive into Ezra Nehemiah. Um, Let's be brutally honest here to start things off. And I've said this before, uh, but most of us, when we read uh, our Bibles, we open to the latter half of it, what we call the New Testament, uh, and we avoid typically the the Old Testament, except for uh, some people maybe read the beginning of Genesis uh, or the Psalms. And the rest of it, we kind of... We know the children's stories. We know Adam and Eve. We know uh, the Exodus and the manna. We know there were some judges, but we couldn't tell you how many. Uh, We know David was a king and built a temple, and he had a son named Solomon who was really wise. And maybe you know the story about how he decided the fate of like a baby. And, And then you start getting into some of the prophets, and you're like, I know the Christmas Messiah prophecies about, you know, that are in Isaiah. Ezekiel is scary. Jeremiah is really kind of a downer. All their minor prophets are kind of like a blur. Who knows? Uh, and then maybe Malachi, I know that he hates divorce. And now we're at the New Testament, right? Like that's, and then there's 430 years of silence. And then we're at the New Testament. And that's a lot of our relationship with the the Old Testament. And um, so I, I think what we have to do here to start our time in Ezra and Nehemiah is actually take uh, one step back, and I want to and, and talk about the Old Testament as a whole. And I want to do that by asking this question and give you a second to think about it. So maybe after I ask it, you even want to pause to to think about it. Um, I'm going to ask this question: What is the Old Testament about? In one sentence. What is the Old Testament about in one sentence? That's that's the question. Now, 
Thankfully, Jesus has actually answered this, and the scriptures have answered this, and I think the answer for most of us would be surprising. So let's let's look at a few ways in which we can get an answer to our question of what is the Old Testament about. Let's start here. Let's start in one of my absolute favorite stories. I've talked about this on uh, a couple of episodes in season one. Uh, let's talk about Luke 24, Jesus and the Emmaus Road. If you remember on, on Easter morning, uh, sometime after Jesus's resurrection, uh, it seems to be still fairly early in the day uh, when they start walking because it's a, a long journey. But Jesus meets a few of his disciples, two of his disciples, on a road to a village called Emmaus, which we think was maybe about seven miles away. So like a good day's a good day's walk. And they're obviously sad. They're despondent. They are dejected. They are completely miserable because of everything that happened to Jesus while they were in Jerusalem, that he was crucified and buried, and the messianic hope was completely destroyed. And um, upon hearing about their disappointment, you know, Jesus is here in his resurrected body, and they don't recognize him, and that's a whole crazy thing for another time, but they don't recognize him, so they're having this this conversation with the resurrected Jesus about how sad they are about what happened to Jesus. And and in that conversation, in Luke 24, we get this this line. This is starting in, in verse 25. It says, Then he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he expounded to them, all the scriptures, in all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And if you just keep reading on to later on in the story, down to, to verse 44, he picks up this again. And, uh, and then he, he said to them, these are the words which I've spoken to you when I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend all of the scriptures. And he said to them, it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these three, of these three things. So let's, let's pause there and take a couple uh, notes. Number one, Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, uh, he does not pull the idea of the crucifixion and resurrection and what we now think about as the gospel story. He doesn't pull that out of thin air. Multiple times here, he reaches back into the Old Testament and he references the law of Moses and the prophets. I mean, he, he says in our, the very opening line of that first section in Luke 24, and when he, right after he calls them foolish, he goes, why don't you believe in all of the things that the prophets have spoken? And what is he talking about? He's talking about his, his own death, right? He, he says that later, like, if you read these things, it's, it's written that it was necessary for the Christ, and the Christ there is a, is a title. Uh, it means Messiah, the one anointed by God. So he, he says, listen, why have you 
Why are you acting so surprised? I mean, he's kind of rebuking them. Why are you so despondent? If you've read the story, he says, you should know that God's Christ, God's anointed Messiah, would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day, and that after that, the message of that and repentance and forgiveness would be preached in his name in all of the nations beginning at Judea. So let's just pause here and make an an observation. According to Jesus, the Old Testament, what he caused the law and the prophets and the Psalms, take a mental note of that, we'll come back to that here in a little bit, but what he calls the law and the prophets and the Psalms, that they are about the coming Messiah who would suffer, die, rise from the dead, and thereby change the whole world. That is what Jesus, when Jesus is going to just summarize all of the Old Testament, when he's going to summarize everything that Moses and the prophets and the Psalms speak about, he says that they are about the coming Messiah who would suffer, die, raised from the dead, and that that good news would change the whole world from Jerusalem and that it would go to all the nations. And so here is my question. When I asked, you know, a few minutes ago, what is the Old Testament about in one sentence? Did you think, did you come up with the answer, the Old Testament is about the Messiah who would come, rise from the dead, uh, die, suffer, die, rise from the dead, and that that message would be preached in the whole world? Probably not. I don't think, I could ask probably a thousand people, just average church-going Westerners, summarize for me all of the Old Testament in a sentence or two. I don't know if I would get, would I get one? Would Would I get two that would say, this is what the Old Testament is about? It's about the coming Messiah who would suffer, die, rise from the dead on the third day, and that his good news would be preached to all of the nations starting in Jerusalem. But that's exactly what Jesus tells us the Old Testament is about. It's exactly what it tells us. And so, my hypothesis is this. If we come to a different reading of the Old Testament, if we get to the end of Malachi, and we have reflect back on the Old Testament and we think it's about something else, maybe we, we've we read it wrong. Maybe we've misread the story. Because Jesus seems to have expected his followers, those who cared about the scriptures and believed in him, he says, he calls them foolish. And he says, why don't you believe what's already there? So this isn't about rereading the Old Testament in, in the sense of finding things that were not there previously. No, no, Jesus says, if you've read this correctly, you would know that the Christ would suffer, die, rise again from the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins would be preached to all of the nations starting in Jerusalem. And this was spoken about, he says, in the Law, the Prophets, and the Psalms. This is the expectation of Jesus to anyone who reads the Old Testament. Now, we, if, if I were to give 
those same thousand people the same task about the New Testament. What is the New Testament about? I would get a bunch of people that would give that answer that that's what the New Testament is about. But we're not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament has been written yet. Jesus has been alive for like a couple of hours. This is the Old Testament scriptures he's, he's speaking about. And yet he says this is what the, is actually the, the, at the core, at the center, at the foundation. This is when you read it. This is what you should step away from. This is the story that it's telling. And so when you read the Old, Old Testament, is that what you walk away from? Is that what you walk away, away thinking about? That, oh, this is, this is what this is about. When you're reading the Exodus, or you're reading the Psalms, or you're reading Genesis, or you're reading as we're going to do Ezra Nehemiah, what I'm going to put forth here is that that's exactly what we need to have in our mind. That's the place that we need to, to go. That is the, the task of the reader, is to say, this is where the story is going, and, and now obviously we know that, but Jesus tells us that it was there all along, that this is the single story that is being told. It's not Old Testament is telling one story, and then Jesus kind of steps in. Or it's not that God is one way in the Old Testament and then Jesus steps in to save us. No, God, Jesus doesn't come to save us from God. He doesn't come as the, the, the forgiving God and, and in the Old Testament he was the angry God. No, no, no. It's, it's one story that Jesus says, tells his disciples, from the beginning, this is what was written. That this is, this is how the Messiah would come. This is how, what would happen to the Messiah. Now, it was probably a shock to everyone that the Messiah was God in the flesh. Absolutely. I don't think, you know, the average Jew at that time saw that coming. And so we have to wrestle with that. But he says, clearly, if you're reading the text rightly, this is what you'll, this is what you'll, you'll walk away with. And so if you think about it this way, um, think of like a puzzle when you're putting a puzzle together, you have all these pieces that are different shapes and sizes, and you're trying to fit them together. And you you do that largely by looking at the picture on the box. You know what this is supposed to look like in the end. And what I want to put forth is, is that the picture on our box is the crucified and risen Jesus. It's the story of his life, death, resurrection, and the good news that would go to all the nations, that that is what Jesus tells us in Luke 24. That's the picture on the box. And so as we're trying to assemble our little corner of the Old Testament scriptures, Ezra, Nehemiah, we're not doing the whole Old Testament. We're doing our little corner. We're doing the edge over here. We're doing this little portion. But how does that story of Ezra, Nehemiah, how does that fit in to the whole? And so task number one here is going to be to learn how to see our story, Ezra Nehemiah, as one part of that larger story. And we're going to do that in a few ways. I don't know if you've ever seen these pictures where it's a collage where um, you have this collage that, that makes up one giant picture of maybe a person's face. But then you look in and you zoom in, and the picture of this person's face is actually a collage of thousands of individual pictures of that same person or of different people, maybe in that person's life. Um, I, I, I don't know what the—I'm not an art person, so I don't know 
what the fancy name for that is is called. But that's what we're going to be doing is we have this this big picture and it's called the crucified and risen Jesus. And we're going to be zooming in on a few scenes called Ezra Nehemiah, but those those few scenes, those pictures that we're going to look at exist in this larger framework. And so task number one as readers, as we're talking about gaining, you know, gaining skills as better readers here is how does how does this story fit into into that larger into that larger story? Now, Paul also gives us a little hint at this in Second Timothy when he's writing. Uh, he says this in in Second uh, Timothy two, he says, "But you must continue in the things which you learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them." So he's he's learned things from other people, and that. From childhood, you've been, uh, you have known the holy scriptures, and these scriptures, he says, are able to make you wise, and that wisdom is for salvation, that salvation is through faith, and that faith is in Jesus, who is the Christ. So there's a, a logical progression there. It's these scriptures make you wise, that wisdom is for salvation, through faith in Jesus, who is the Christ, and that the Scripture is given by God, inspiration is profitable for these things, doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. And so Paul, he lays out his case for what the Scriptures are for, and again, he's when he says Scriptures, he's talking mainly about the Old Testament as well. And when he lays them out, he says the same thing, that if you read the Scriptures— this is what they're for. They are to make you wise for salvation in Christ, who is Jesus. That this is what the story is about. It's telling the story that should give, that should lead every reader to salvation in Christ through faith in what he's done. And so he, he says it in a different way because he's, he's writing a letter, but it's the same, it's the same message. One, one more, one more. And I, I love this one. Uh, the story here begins in, in Matthew 16. Uh, you also get it in, in Luke. But it's when um, Jesus, he first reveals himself, or uh, Peter, I suppose, gets the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. Jesus gives the famous line, flesh and blood have not... Uh, reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Then we get this very important, very important note. So we have this great big revelation. It's this huge moment in the storyline of the Gospels. And then in Matthew 16, 21, we get this little note that from that time, from the time that Jesus was revealed to Peter as the Christ, the Son of God, from that time, after that, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the elders and the chief chief priests and the scribes, be killed, and that he would rise on the third day. Have we heard that before? Yeah, that's Luke 24, right? And and it comes right from the time that Jesus is revealed as the Christ, the Son of God. He says, okay, now that you've, now that the Father has revealed to you who I am, now I'm going to begin to tell you what the role of that person is, and it's suffering, death, 
resurrection on the third day from Jerusalem. But then just a few days later, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read this actually from, from Luke, a portion of this from, from Luke. He takes Peter, James, and John, and he goes up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he, he begins to glow and glisten. And then all of a sudden it says, two men appear with him. And who are these two men? Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses and Elijah are two Old Testament figures who represent the law, the law of Moses. And Elijah was considered kind of the greatest of, of all prophets. And so he is the kind of the, the face of the prophets. So here's Jesus on the mountain. He's glowing. He's shining. And he is having a conversation with the law and the prophets. And what is it that they are speaking about in verse 31? And they both... Moses and Elijah appeared in glory, and they spoke of Jesus's departure, of his death that he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And so, you read the whole story, it's just marvelous, but here's the point I want to draw out here. When Jesus is in conversation with the law and the prophets, what is it that they talk about? It's that they talk about his death and his resurrection, because that is what the law and the prophets are ultimately about. I I think you could put it this way, that when the law and the prophets and the word made flesh are in conversation with each other, they're all having the same conversation. They're all talking about the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, that that is what the law and the prophets and the word of God himself made flesh all speak about. But we we tend to, to not think of it that way. We think that's what Paul writes about, what the gospel writers write about. We don't really know what to do with Revelation, if we're honest, but I guess that's kind of what it's about. And then we have these sprinkled-in prophecies in the Old Testament. There, there's, there's this big, muddled, dark cloud called the Old Testament, but there are these little sprinkles of light that we call messianic prophecies, and they're about Jesus too, but the rest of it, God is mainly angry and threatening people and all of that kind of stuff. But we have, to, we have to just try our best to put those thoughts to the side and say, when Jesus is speaking to Moses and the prophets, this is the conversation that they have. They talk about his death and his resurrection. When Jesus is on the road, he says, this is what the law and the prophets and the Psalms are all about, my death and resurrection and the gospel going to all of the nations. When Paul writes to a young pastor, he says, this is what the story is about. It's about helping people in salvation, in faith, through faith in Jesus, who is, who is the Christ. And so we need to start there before we worry too much about even what Ezra and Nehemiah says. And so we need to see that our story fits into this much larger story, and that all of Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, is one story leading us to Christ. And that every story that we read, we should be reading it from Jesus and for Jesus. That He is both our starting point and our end point. That He is the full revelation of God, and therefore we, are, we should be looking for Him, and we should be looking for the places that God looks like Jesus in the scriptures. And how our story connects with that 
is going to be a major theme, and, and it's one of the major themes of Ezra Nehemiah, which is why out of all the post-exilic books is the one that is the reason I picked it, is because this is going to be a theme that we're going to see is this connecting of the story from past and present and future, because it's all telling one single story. And in the next episode, I want to look at one more uh, kind of introductory element that is going to set us up for Ezra, Nehemiah, and that's actually how the Old Testament is put together, the shape of it, the how all of the books are organized. So we're going to get a little, a little more Bible nerdy here before we even get into the book, uh, but it's really, really, really interesting. And when I first learned about this in school, um, it just kind of blew my mind, honestly. And so we're going to talk about that in episode two, uh, which will come out actually just in a few days from now. So uh, we're going to end there with the podcast. Don't forget the uh, the link in the description below for the notes if you haven't downloaded those yet. Uh, also, you can leave a, a message, ask a question, submit a comment uh, via email or a, a, an audio message. That link is also in the description as well. And so we'll stop there. And until next time, uh, when we hop into Ezra and Nehemiah together, I hope you have a great few days and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.